Guys, Hashem, we're going to start Parak Tesvav. The continuation of the story uh, with Shimshon's first wife. And we're going to just go through the second first and raise the questions. But in the next year, we'll see how the pieces of the puzzle fit together. So the puzzle begins with Pasuk Kalim, some time later. We make Tirchitim, the time of the wheat harvest. And we're going to see that Shimshon wasn't by chance. Shimshon specifically waited for the time of the wheat harvest. We'll see why in a few seconds time. Shimshon sends a goat as a, so to speak, a reconciliation with his wife. The one he left, the one that he didn't. So he says, to, when he brings a gdi, he comes to the house, obviously, and says, I want to be misyachid with her. And her father wouldn't let him in. As you saw previously, his uh, previous and the previous parak, so her father gave it to somebody else, and now she was married to someone else. He obviously didn't expect Shimshon to come back. And we met her when she when he comes back to the house. Her father wouldn't let her be with him. So her father says to Shimshon, "Amara Maritia said, 'Kisana you hated her, and therefore you left her.'" And therefore, I gave it to one of your friends, which means one of the other people who were there. But she has a younger sister who's better than her, so take her instead. He's not ready to give up on Shimshon? Um, obviously, it's a bit of a surprising thing to say. In other words, if he didn't want Shimshon, so then why is he offering her the younger sister? And Ella, what? He's scared of him. So then, can you read that he, he thought you would appease him like that? He did kill 30 people for which, that clothing. Which means, <laughs> right, which means that he didn't know the halachas of Chayyishra because in our halacha, Aishas, Achis Ishta is also. Right. And you can't marry your wife's sister. They should be the gar, so they're not sisters. Oh, it doesn't say that he had divorced, he left her. Now, uh, so now there's two ways to learn here. It goes back to the Machlaik. So before, if the, what happened was that Shimshon was Megai, the older sister, so then he could Megai the younger sister too, and they aren't halachically relatives anymore. And therefore, I don't know if the father who was a Christian knew that, but he's t- technically, if it would work halachically, then he would be able to marry the younger one too, if he was Megai or her as well. If he was Megai or her, which was the other side we saw before, so then... She's, then it wouldn't be an Easter because, I mean, it wouldn't be more of an Easter because anyway, Kedusha isn't chal by a non-Jew. So either around, her father offers the younger sister. Was she, was Shemshan Asr? She said that she was in Zaman with somebody else. We saw last night, there's a Machlech Yisrael Shonim, we spoke about last night. Yeah, there's a Shonim to Rebbein Atam and the Ri and a lot of other Shonim also. If Ashes uh, Ashes is Zaman with the guy, is that considered that she's also in the Baal, which is also to the Boil? Or do we say Rebbein Atam's Chiddush that by a non-Jew, and therefore, it would be a halach in community if Shimshon would be asked to mutata. Either way around, Shimshon, once again, never really intended to be with her again. He knew that she would be given somebody else, and this was a good way to, so to speak, find an excuse to make a complaint. A kid was to come and say, I really want her, and why do you give it to someone else? So her father, so he says, double language. I said, I said, and you for sure hated her. What's the double lashon? So um, the 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 say one of two lashon, two answers. The Kiyaka says that the father said, "I never really thought you wanted to marry in the first place." That was the first amar. You're you're a Jew. We pleased him and stuff. That's such a good uh, culturally, you're not exactly the same. So I never thought you wanted to marry her. And then when you left her, I thought, "Sure, you don't want her anymore," which is why 
I guess it's someone else. But if that would be the explanation, so why would her sister be any better? You have the same problem. She's also a girl of a fishy family. Um, Elowat, the Salaam Fashion explained what he said a little bit differently. And that is that Amara uh, Marti is a Salaam and also I heard she said, because if you remember, Aisha Shimshon Smithik Shivabrach was telling him, and we wouldn't tell her the riddle either. So she said uh, the whole week, she's been telling him, you, you hate me and you don't love me. So that's the case. And Fashion explained what the father was saying was, I felt like that, and she also felt like that, you don't like her. And if that's the case, why do you want her back? And, to, and if, if it's not a problem which is the atzim, uh, lack of uh, ability to get along because she's Christian and he's Jewish, but the fact was that, you know, from the beginning this wasn't a good marriage. You, you hated each other. So they suggesting the younger sister would have been would have been a, a way to satisfy a peace So that's uh, that's uh, what Shimshon was hoping to hear because that gave him an excuse to not take revenge. Uh, as far as he was concerned, he was married, and they gave his wife away to somebody else. So what does Shimshon say? So Shimshon says to them, the question is, who's them you're talking to? If you're speaking to her father. So why is it to them? So Shimshon, in the case of Yapami Pishtim, this time I'm going to, so to speak, clean the slate with the Pishtim, I'm going to take revenge. I'm going to do bad to them. So who was Shimshon talking to? Doesn't the case mean that he's going to be exonerated? But the case here means that I'm potter from what's going to happen next because I'm entitled to do this. Um, it doesn't uh, go so well in the grammar of the Pasuk. Again, in Pasuk we say that. But more Mishnah, I'm being in the case here from the Plishtim. It's not, uh, there are other, there are other Mishnah we explained. But when it said in the case of the Plishtim, it means this will be the Kapara for marrying a Plishti. You know, now I'm going to start to get a Kapara for marrying a Plishti because the Plishti wife I married, who so was unfaithful to me, so that was my Kapara for getting involved with Plishtim. Now, who was Shimshon talking to? The Mashmah says he wasn't talking to her father. He was talking to the Plishtim. And if that's the case, Shimshon left the house of his former wife, and he told everybody around that, I'm going to take revenge on the Plishtim. Look what these people did to me. In other words, it wasn't... Uh, it was happy to announce, this is, I'm going to settle the school with the Plishtim. So what does, what does Shimshon do? Vayelich Shimshon. Vayelkot Shlash Meshurim. He captures 300 foxes. Vayekach Tapidim. He took torches, which were, you know, which were burning. He tied the, horse, the foxes' tails to each other. You know, each pair of foxes, he tied their tails to each other. And then he put a burning torch in between the knot of the two tails. <coughs> Obviously, he's not strong enough to, to tie foxes together like that, but that's what he does. And then once he's done that, he sets these torches alight. And then he lets the foxes go around with all the fields of the Pishtim were, which is why we saw before, Shimshon waited for the Ketirachitim. He waited for the time when all the wheat was ready to be picked, because that's when he can do the maximum damage. So when all the fields are ready and ripe and ready to be picked, so then he releases these foxes, two foxes with the burning torch between each of them, into the fields. And what's going to happen? That's the foxes see the fire or smell the fire, so they're going to run. And that's the case. They run all over the place in the Pishtim field, and they set everything on fire. And what happens? He burnt down all the piles of wheat and all the wheat was still growing, even the even the which means even the olive trees, everything. Now, like I said, tonight we'll just raise the questions. So the next time we'll give them we'll talk about the Mahalach. Why do you need pairs of foxes for that? If you just if you had your three hundred foxes and you just tie a torch to each fox's tail, it's also going to run. It's just, uh, it sees a fire, it's going to run away from the fire. It doesn't realize it's attached to it. So they would do as much damage. What was the point of doing them in pairs? 
Like, why is it going to be more, more of a, so to speak, a way to cause destruction than just uh, tying the individual boxes, uh, uh, tails of each box, and uh, and uh, and setting them free like that? Now, by Yom Rupishtim, me also zos. So obviously, the Rupishtim see the the all the fields up in smoke. Says who did this? By Yom Shimshon Chasnatimi. Shimshon the son-in-law of the person from Timna. Because he took his wife away and gave it to someone else, which is why Shimshon originally told it to the Christian, because he wanted to be clear what why it was done. And then again, this is part of the plan because he already understood that the Christian, you know, instead of looking at least at the beginning to take on Shimshon, so they're going to find a more uh, easier target. And therefore, if you say I'm going to do this because you, this family, they they were unfaithful to me, and this is my revenge. So the Pishtim bought that. And therefore they said, this is these people's fault. And they could justify, and that would, again, that would, why does it justify burning everyone's fields now? It's the same question we asked last time, and that is, just because he lost the bet, he got to kill 30 people to take their clothing. And we haven't answered that question either. We'll ask the same question here and on the next point of the story too, and then Bezashim will answer all three together. So what did the Pishtim do? So that's it. That's, you, you, you caused us this damage, you did something wrong, and they burnt her and they burnt their father in five. I thought a part of it was that they were trying to appease That uh, the, the, these people were the cause of what happened, and so they punished them. Now, what was the what was the the, the thought process of the Plishti? In other words, in Plishti society, was it something that they did wrong, or was it just because since they, all their fields got burnt, so now they took revenge against this lady and her father? In other words, was it the attack is something which they were meant to have done? In other words, to uphold justice and that the exercise is something which is also? Well, no, that wasn't the hashman. It was like after what the damage caused to us, we're going to punish them. Now, the mashmos is, that we said last time, again, it's definitely from the way the government would look at it, it didn't do anything wrong. She was left and she was, uh, the marriage dissolved. She was allowed to marry somebody else. And that's okay, so there's no reason to kill her for that. Though in, in the way the Goyim look at marriage as being as long as they both want to be together, they're together, when they want to separate, they separate. So there, there wouldn't be a get of Ashes issue. And what? It was uh, the Pishtim taking revenge because of what what, what caused the loss, what caused them. So now, after that happens, the Shimshan says to them again, he's talking to the Pishtim, and he says, in Tyson Kazos, if this is what you did, can you come to Bachem? Now I'm going to take revenge and then I'll leave you alone. And then uh, why? Because, uh, what, what was his complaint now that uh, he wants to take revenge on them again? Um, that now that they had the khayra, uh, taken, like punished or taken revenge on the family who are unfaithful to him. So now what, what, what now does he want to? What now does he want to take revenge for? He killed his wife. So oh, so now went the other way around. So I wanted her back. So the first time I was, I, I took revenge because her father wouldn't get back to me. And now you went and killed her. Kalvachem is going to take revenge on you. It's even worse. So what does he do? So he, now he, he attacks the people. Shaykh uh, means uh, the two parts of the leg. The lower part of the leg is called the shaykh. The other part of the leg is called the yarech. So he, we have to explain what's the meaning of that. He hit them. On different parts of the leg. Shaykh is the lower part of the leg, Yerech is the higher part of the leg, Makak and then afterwards he leaves. 
said Aitam is a place with the rocks, and then he goes and uh, and he so to speak hides out or he retreats to this place and said Aitam. And the interesting point here also is that at that stage, uh, the Pishtim now wants to take revenge on Shimshon. In other words, the first time when he killed the 30 people in Ashkelon, they left him alone. The second time uh, when he burnt all the fields down, they also didn't do anything to him. But now the third time when he went and he, he killed Makagdolim, a lot of the Pishtim, so now they decide they want to take revenge on Shimshon. And he also has to explain what, what changed in the, the Mahalach of the Pishtim, what they tried to do. So the first says, So the Pishtim now mobilized and they march on Shev Yudah, which was next to where the Pishtim were, which means that uh, the place where Shimshon was, uh, there was, they spread out there, obviously, to look for him. But the people, the Jewish people in Yudah, see this Pishtim army marching towards him, so they came to ask him, Why did you come? Like, why are you attacking us? They thought, obviously, if there's an attacking army, it was for them. So the Pishtim says, We've come to capture Shimshon to do to him what he did to us. And here was the, we saw it from the beginning of the story, was what Shimshon wanted. In other words, they weren't attacking the Jews. They didn't see Shimshon as fighting on behalf of the Jews. And therefore, the, 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 the Jews who came to meet them, they had no need to attack them. They said, look, we came to fetch Shimshon. He's, uh, in, as far as they were concerned, he was a criminal. He had uh, tremendous damage there, and they were looking for him. And uh, therefore, the people of uh, weren't their enemy. And we made it the Bnei Yehuda go down to Shimshon, and they asked him to give himself up. So 3,000 people from Yehuda go down to Salaitam, which we saw before, where Shimshon was hiding. And they're stronger than we are. And if that's the case, why did you provoke this? Why have you done this to us? Because they felt that now we're going to suffer for what you did wrong. Which means I wasn't, uh, that it was my personal, so to speak, revenge against the Pishtim. They did something bad to me. I took revenge on them. And we made it nothing to do with anyone else. And it's not really, we have to explain here also what Shimshon's answer was. Because it wasn't exactly what they did to him, he did to them. He was much more than they did to him. He, besides the fact that he killed a lot of them for nothing and burnt all their wheat and uh, killed a whole lot of them. So why was that a revenge for what they did to him? But the point was that it wasn't, uh, he wasn't fighting Kilo as Jews against Christian. It was a personal vendetta between him and the Christian. That's what Shimshon said to him. It's not to you. It's my fight with the Christian. This is saying that the Batista Chalav Murach Hashem, the most of the time, it says that Kilo, we have Rosh Hashem, or Kilo over here doesn't say that. Yeah, it's true. So, the key of Hashem, where it says it doesn't say Rosh Hashem. When it came to Fox, it doesn't say Rosh Hashem. And the uh, same thing over here. Okay, so what happens? So, the people of Yudha say to him, We've come to put you into captivity. To arrest you, to give you over to the Pishtim. Why? Because the Pnei Yehuda was scared. That's, that's right now the Pishtim came to ask where Shimshon is. 
they were scared. They're not going to have you know, assist the the Pishim and Panishim, and then the Pishim are going to turn against them too. So, so therefore, so we want to, you know, to we, they considered it something which was the Messiah in one of them, and therefore, everyone want to give into the hands of the Pishim. Promise me you're not going to do anything to me. In other words, I don't mind if you give me to the Christian, but I don't want you to do anything to me because obviously Shimshu does want to fight other Jews. Now, what right did the you had to have to be Moisir Shimshu to the Christian? So this is Alakha. And Alakha is if Goyim come and say we want a specific Jew, and if not, the Christian didn't actually go that far, but that's how they would have said, we want Shimshu or else we're going to kill all of you. Are they allowed to be Moisir Shimshu to save all of them? The halacha is if the specific Jew is, uh, hasn't done anything wrong, or uh, it's just any random Jew, like, give us one of you, we're going to kill all of you. So, you're not allowed to be most of somebody else for, to get killed, even if the, the alternative is going to be that everybody's going to suffer for it. But if the person they want is somebody who's done something wrong, and therefore they want him not just because they're looking for a scapegoat, they're looking for somebody to. To punish unfairly or to be a martyr, but they have a specific Indian with one person who had done something wrong to them. So then, Allah is you're allowed to be moister in a specific individual, it was there to save the class. For example, when much later in the Nakh, we see there's someone called Sheva ben Bechri who decided he's mounting rebellion against David Amerech. So David is his general, and he surrounds the city where Sheva ben Bechri is, and he messaged the city. And the Pasuk there says that there's a certain older lady, going to mention Sarah Masasha, but that's not the point right now. This is why are you besieging a whole city of Jews? Why, why, why are you attacking your own people? And he says, I'm not all of you, but there's this married Mahmoud is a rebel against the king, we want him. And the, the city gave him up, as they, and the murder that was under the siege. Were they allowed to do that? The Halakha says yes. It was a specific individual who had done something wrong, and therefore you, you don't have to, no one has to suffer to, to protect the individual who's guilty. Whereas if the individual is not guilty, then we can't be moist somebody unfairly or wrongly in order to protect everybody else. And therefore, the Rebna Yehuda did Kudin. They didn't straight away arrest Shimshon. They first asked him what happened. And as they wanted to hear his version of the story. And that's what he says. He said, uh, he says, Why did he do this? And to hear what Shimshon had to say, Shimshon didn't deny it. Shimshon said, no, they did it to me, I did it to them. So that's the case. Then they had a, 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 a good reason, so to speak, why they were looking for Shemeshun. Shemeshun had uh, done a tremendous amount of damage to them. That's the case they held that we're allowed to give you to the Pishtim to protect ourselves. That's what they did. So Shemeshun said, okay, you can give me to the Pishtim, but you don't have the right to punish me. And therefore, Yishavali went typically attended. You're not going to be the ones to punish me. He was scared of that uh, they, they would, maybe they would, the new Shemeshun was powerful. And he was scared, maybe therefore they would try and show the Pishim that they had uh, so to be killed Shimshim on the Pishim's behalf and would bring him, uh, bring them his dead body or his head or whatever it would be. Could that be allowed? No. I said I'm not Right, but that was a different thing because then he was after dinner in Israel, he was high risk, it's my office. Over here, they weren't, he wasn't high risk. Sure. Uh, okay, so give him to the Pishim, which is uh, what they wanted to do. The Bishnu came to fetch him, so they gave him to the Bishnu, which is what they did. And as they said to him, they said to him, Look, you're going to tie you up in Sanucha Biyodam. We'll give him to the Bishnu, we're not going to kill you. And therefore, they tied him with two new ropes, 
which are still strong and haven't started to fray, they're still stronger rocks. They're they brought him out of the hiding place he was in the rocks to give him to Pishtim. He was brought to the place where the Pishtim were congregated. When Pishtim heriot across it, they saw Shimshim being brought to them, so they all, like, Heriot uh, was a sign of exaltation, they, whatever they blew the trumpets, they a sign of happiness. And again, And uh, Gets the spirit of a guru from Hashem. But and his robes, which are bound, which had bound his hands, became like uh, like fish or some flecks after it's been burnt by fire, which is just falls apart. But the like melted from him. In other words, just flexed his muscles and the robes snapped. And now the shimshin's there without the robes, facing all the pishtim. He finds the jawbone of a donkey. Vayishlach yadav v'chosikim. He takes it. Why is it vayishlach yadav? Fresh, fresh, right? You know, it's still, it's not, uh, hasn't hardened yet, and so he takes it. Now, why does say why dafka? This was the means that Hashem used to give him something to fight the enemy. We'll still see. Anyway, so he takes the jawbone. Vayachba elif ish, and then he he manages to kill a thousand people by wielding a jawbone. Now, the nakud is the jawbone verse isn't very long. It's pretty small, and it's not very hard. Especially, so it, it, it was like pretty much hand-to-hand combat. It wasn't like Shinshin had a spear or a sword or something. Like a club. Sorry? You, 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 you like a... I'm just going to finish the story. We'll go back oh, to the yeah, yeah, afterwards. Sure. So he killed a thousand people. <coughs> and now, that was the... Uh, when we saw at the beginning that the Pishtim marched on, on Shimshon, so we don't know how many of them there were. It just says that the Pishtim came to to search for Shimshon. Okay, yeah, if, if a thousand was all of them or some of them or most of them, it doesn't say, but it was a significant blow to the Pishtim that uh, they managed to lose so many people. But yeah, Mishim Shon. Chamor, Chamor, Chamor Now, the, the first, the second one, the Pasuk is very straightforward. The, with the draw of the Chamor, I killed a thousand people. What's Shimshon trying to say? Firstly, what's Shimshon trying to say there for? What, he's trying to show off, he's trying to boast. Well, what's the point? Was, what was the. What was he saying? What was he saying to? What was he trying to get anything? And what's even more is uh, what he wrote at the beginning of the Passover. Berechia Chamor, Chamor, Chamor Saim. Now, what he means, like in the way the Surah explains it, in Rashi also, that Chamorim in Hebrew, it can mean donkeys, Chamorim, or it can mean piles. Like it says about the, uh, the frogs in the Torah, they died, that they were piled up in chamorim, chamorim, in piles. So basically what he's saying is playing on the words. With the draw of the, of the donkey, I made piles, chamor, chamor, like heap piles of dead fish, which is all these thousand people that he had attacked. And then again, what, what, what was Christian trying to, trying to say with that? What was he trying to get? Uh, being poetic, poetry, just writing poetry now. Yeah, but what's the point? What's 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 the We have to see also here with what's the uh, message meant. Then when it says like a thousand people or three hundred, is that like exactly? Is that just the way the nachal these things? Lashon Kuzma. So when it comes to the shanis, I guess in the Gemara is from in Arabic. It says either by the number three hundred, the three hundred or four hundred. He says sometimes the lashon Kuzma. It just means a lot. But normally the Nacht does it. We don't normally say that it's a Gosman. When we take the Nacht, what it says. Exactly. Except. I stopped now. No. Or, uh, it was, uh, like, the one place says about the, the, the numbers of the Israel. When they count the Israel, everything perfect, perfect in the hundreds or fifties. 
Was that a nice that Hashem made it like so, like into round figures or not? We just rounded it off to the nearest time, 100 or 50 or whatever it would be. The different portions of different things. And as even if it wasn't exactly a thousand, it was about approximately a thousand. So we called it a thousand. But uh, that wasn't the ghost. It wasn't like you killed 400 and we called it a thousand. Normally, we, when it says something, it means it. Normally, sometimes we learn drushes from what the Nach says. Like, for example, we saw in Yeshua, it says that when they fought against Ai, they lost 36 people. And that the Gemara says that it wasn't exactly 36. It was one person who was 36. It was like 36, it was like the Rebbe of Sanhedrin. But normally, when it does that, the, the Pasuk says the word with which means it's like this amount. So then we then understand from that that it wasn't exactly that amount. Well, here it says clearly, and if fish. So 300 foxes, it's not good, even though usually we say 300. No, foxes, that's what he did. And, uh, okay, so that does Why do they need 3,000 people to go over to Shimshon? They didn't know Shimshon was going to resist them or not. The, Shimshon was very, was very compliant. He said, like, okay, I'll go with you, you don't do anything to me, and I'm taking the fish, and I'm fine. Oh, they but went to fight they, Or maybe to catch him by force. They didn't know how Shimshon was going to respond. 3,000 is also a very round. It goes from like 30 to 300 to 3,000. Okay, the 3,000 with his enemies. So the people in Yehuda came to, came to pick him up. Now, so we've seen three Nisim, um, or three stories here with Shimshon. The first one, the story with the foxes. And the second, which was to take revenge on the fact that he wasn't, that his wife was given away to someone else. The second one was when they fished him, then took revenge on him, and the father. So then he goes and he, he, he kills a lot of the fish him. In fact, we aren't given a number. And now the Philistine trying to take revenge on him, so now he, he fights the Philistine with the straw bun and he kills a thousand people. What's the significance of these events? In other words, it was a way to do a lot of damage to the Philistine, you know, to destroy their crops or to kill a lot of them. But uh, we understand that there was also significance to exactly the way the story progressed. Now, as you can ask, well, why was the right way to, so to speak, to take revenge on the fact that uh, his wife was given away to burn all the fields down? What's the one going to do with the other one? And same thing afterwards, when he wants to take revenge. So it's as if it's going to kill people for nothing. I mean, on the surface of it, it looks like it was just, we were thinking someone was just like a, a terrorist. Right? It's just, anything goes wrong, it just does more damage. Like, because it's probably like vandalism, kills people, destroys things. Uh, now, the question is, is that what the, those that's what Shimshon wanted to do? Right? That they would have an Indian that Shimshon is like just a dangerous person and uh, he does a lot of destruction to the fish team. But we'll see also there's a mahalach that there was there was there was a mahalach in what he was doing. It wasn't just like random acts of, of terrorism which uh, were there to get the fish to. One last nice we'll see. And that is Vahika Khalasa Dabi when he finished this drush about the Lechir of the Khamar, Vayashli Khalechi Miyadai, Vikra Shema Hahu Ramas Lechi. Remember the place is already called Lechi. When the Pishna came to look from the plane to a case called Lechi, and he found that the Lechi, which means the jawbone of the donkey, and now he calls it Ramat Lechi. So it was, it's, just not, it's not adding much to the name, it has a second meaning as well because he employed the jawbone to kill the fish in there. And now, so one last point here in the story, suddenly he became very thirsty and he thought he was going to dehydrate, to pass out from thirst. After you've given me this tremendous victory over the fish team, and now I'm going to die of thirst. When I fail to be at the radium, then I'm going to fall to the enemies. In other words, if he's going to pass out from thirst, then the Christian will be able to capture him. So, it's also a strange kind of a tefillah. You know, it's more like, where's, where's, where's the request? It's more like a kind of a, a kind of, 
a complaint, like after this, how could it possibly be that you're going to let me die of thirst? So what Hashem do? So HaKadosh Baruch does a nice, and he has this jawbone, and he just used to kill a thousand people. Hashem opens up, uh, so to speak, in the bone, and now water starts coming out of the bone. And he could drink, and then he felt better again. He regained his spirits. He lived, he didn't die from it. And then he added to his name, not just from Matlechi, but also called it the Ein HaKoyre. And the Ein is the, the Dashmi always used for a spring of water, like a Mayan. So the Ein HaKoyre is the, the spring of the one who called that. And as I said, I called that to Hashem, and that's why the, the spring of water came from the jawbone of a donkey. And that's that Al means that's the name of the place. And here also, what's the significance of the story? You know, as we understand that Akhadash Baruch wasn't happy with what he said before, and that's why he makes him thirsty that, to say that he's not so powerful, whatever it is. But if he davens to Hashem, Hashem needs to bring him water. Why from such a strange way? The, the much uh, less miraculous way is that Akhadash Baruch could have brought him water without him to make water come out of a bone. You know, it's very reminiscent of the Bear Miriam. Water comes out of a rock, water comes out of a bone. It's not a natural thing to happen. So why was that chosen? By Hashem as, as the way to bring about the nest. And again, what's the significance in the sequence of the story? So I've had some notes for all those points before we go next time.